Psalm 100 begins like this. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Who is on the computer? Who did? Emily Rose. Go back to the title. There, leave it right there. I'll tell you. Okay. Uh, there's a lot in this passage and this and just in here that I, I would probably, my preference would just be to stay here and read it and talk about it because it makes me happy. But can I just say that? Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Why is it that folks oftentimes, why is it that folks get nervous around happy churches? I don't know either. Uh, we had lunch with someone the other day that said they wanted to be a part of a church and that, they, that a friend of theirs said they wanted to be a part of the church. He said, but they said, you know, not one of those woo ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Cammy's like, bring on the woo. But here's the deal. It's, it's not just personality types. It's theology. I just, let me just, I'm, let me just proffer this. If, if, if you're, if you're, approach to God is somehow ha- you somehow have an aversion to a shout, I don't know if you know God. I mean, maybe you've recreated God in your own quiet image. Maybe you've, maybe you've, maybe you've recreated God in some sort of introverted human who's a, who, who is not excited about life, but maybe, you, maybe who you don't know is the God of the cosmos, the Lord of glory. That in his presence, divine beings who are beyond our, our meditation throw themselves down in reckless abandon and wonder simply because he's there. But we didn't want to get too carried away about God. The passage, the passage beyond my own irritation, but the passage that I'd like to draw your attention to is verse 4. Enter his... It's funny, all these people are watching on Facebook like, not me, I'm not watching that guy anymore. He's mean. Change the channel. Uh, verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving. This is how I draw near to God. This is how I, if I want, the, the first step I take in drawing near to the Lord is to give thanks. It's, that's a step toward God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, and here's why. So we hear Here's the expression is, is gratitude, and here's why. For or because the Lord is good, and his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. We draw near to God. We respond to him. We, it looks like that I'm giving thanks to him as, an, as, an, as I'm initiating something. But what I actually see in the text is I'm responding to something. That my, This gratitude and praise is a response to something about what, what the Lord does or what the Lord has done because of who he is. 
So this gratitude is, I'm recognizing that God has done something for, toward me because of who he is, and I respond with gratitude. I enter his gates. I draw near to him with thanksgiving. Saying thank you is more than good manners. It's good theology. Gratitude may be one of the most profound virtues we can possess and one of the most powerful habits we can practice. The happiest, healthiest, strongest people are the most grateful. But they are the happiest and healthiest and strongest because they are the most grateful. I know many folks, and it's probably culturally normal, and, and it's probably a part of a, an inner dialogue or a murmur that would say something like this, well, I'd be more grateful if such and such were better or things were better. But it doesn't really work that way. Gratitude is the gateway to joy. You cannot be grumpy and grateful. You cannot be grumpy and grateful. The more gratitude, the greater the joy. Science and scripture both affirm that gratitude improves our outlook and our attitude, our joy. How does this work? Well, first, we need to get on the same page about what gratitude is. What is gratitude? To begin with, let me say this. Gratitude is not guilt. It is not you should feel badly about what you have, nor is it with some sort of pointed finger and furrowed brow. You should be more grateful. Whether you should or should not be more grateful is not necessarily the point. The point is that gratitude by coercion is not gratitude at all. It doesn't work that way. Gratitude is also not debt. It's not guilt and it's not debt. (laughs) What do you mean by debt? Well, gratitude is not a feeling of obligation in response to someone else's goodness or an expectation of obligation because you've been good <laughs> to someone. It, that, that's called the debtor's ethic. You, that idea of, oh, thanks, I owe you. No, then you're just repaying them. That's not a, that, you're not responding to a gracious uh, expression. And, or, or to say, hey, you owe me. That, that makes gratitude no different than a credit card. Junk, junk, well, I'm going to have to pay for that later with interest. Over time, obligation only leads a residue of joylessness. Gratitude is not guilt and it is not debt. So what is gratitude? Well, we already said it. We saw it in Psalm 100, right in verses 4 and 5 there. Gratitude is when we recognize and acknowledge 
something good we have received. Recognize and acknowledge. Would you say those two words out loud with me? Recognize and acknowledge. At the, at the airport, that's just called see something, say something. But, th- but if that helps you think about gratitude, that's what it means. See something, say something. Uh, we, 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 we recognize that something has happened, and then we respond to it. Now, that, that may sound overly simple, but it can really become a really good habit if you'll start it. But not only is gratitude when we, when we, when we recognize and acknowledge uh, something good we have received, but we really under, we, we recognize and acknowledge the goodness or the goodwill behind that good. This keeps our gratitude primarily God-saturated. Psalm 107, uh, Psalm 107 reads this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. There's the, there's the expression, give thanks to the Lord for, everybody say for, He is good for... His loving kindness is everlasting. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. <laughs> you hear that? That's, that is, I'm recognizing the goodness of God. I'm recognizing His goodness and His goodwill. I'm also recognizing that He has, that he has been faithful. He has, his, he has exercised or expressed loving kindness to me. Therefore, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. hey, See something? You respond to it. In fact, if you want to, I encourage you to take Psalm 107 as a, as a meditation. And it, Psalm 107 tours the reader through seeing the goodness of God and then responding to it. It describes and describes the, the redemptive acts of God, the saving acts of God, the, the, the merciful interventions of God, and then calls the reader to respond. Here's the deal, friends. There is no such thing as gratitude unexpressed. If it's unexpressed, it's just plain old-fashioned ingratitude. Without expressing, you're not giving thanks. Now, for gratitude to work, For this to work in our life, if we are going to understand gratitude as recognizing good and goodwill and responding to it, acknowledging it, for that to work, uh, we, or at least many of us, are going to have to be a little bit more intentional with our lives. We're going to have to be focused. We're going to have to start looking for good and goodwill in what is around us. We're going to have to start intentionally paying attention to what God has done, what God is doing, and even what He's promised to do. We're going to have to start paying attention to what God is doing in His goodness for us through friends and through family. It's going to take a little bit of intentionality. But let me, let me just issue this warning. We're going to be talking about this today in the next couple of weeks. It's going to become increasingly more uh, Scripture-saturated. But I want to issue this warning. Be careful. Be careful because if you really get intentional about gratitude, if you begin recognizing and acknowledging good and the goodwill behind it, you could get carried away. <laughs> really, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I have to be. That's my. It's I have to be. I'm obliged to be candid with you. Full disclosure. In full disclosure, you could grow full, content, strong, 
generous, and joyful. You could even become exceedingly pleasant to be around. You may even become a very positive influence on your world. You've been warned. Research confirms to us that practicing gratitude has broad and positive impact on our lives. In other words, <laughs> science says gratitude is the gateway to joy. We, we thr- we're thrilled with that because we all know this. Good, good science is always good theology. All right, four, four yeses, but it's true. Here's, here's, here's what research has told us. Are you ready? Some of this will be on your PowerPoint. You can scribble some of this down. Many of you have just learned that you can take a picture of the screen, and then Bob's your uncle. You've got your notes. Okay? Uh, cultivating gratitude has been linked to better health, sounder sleep, less anxiety and depression, higher long-term satisfaction with life, and even kinder behavior toward others. People who cultivate and practice gratitude are less likely to turn aggressive when provoked. People who have kept gratitude journals, and we'll refer back to that in a minute, but people have that have maintained a habit of of journaling, of writing down or recording things for which they are grateful and spending time in that. People who kept gratitude journals, they actually did a a double-blind study, those who did and those who did not. They measured the difference. And people who kept gratitude journals just once a week, compared to those who did not, those the people who did were more optimistic. They They reported fewer physical problems they fell asleep more quickly at night, they woke up more refreshed, and these reports were corroborated by their spouses. One study even demonstrated that gratitude can have a protective effect against heart attack. Heart attack, we talked about, well... I would suggest this, this coming from another book that I read. Uh, it's called God Hates Suffering. Anyway, another book that I read that explains. <laughs> yeah, it's a good book. Uh, it's, it's hard to read because it's very t- technical. But uh, it's, de- this, it's demonstrated this, that one of the worst things you can feel for your physical heart is cynicism. A negative worldview will come back and haunt you right biologically here. But gratitude and cynicism cannot be roommates. You can't be grumpy and grateful. Gratitude improves healthy self-esteem. Practicing gratitude bolsters the idea that people love you and care for you. And you're reminding yourself of others' kindness and uh, 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 works of kindness towards you, the good and the goodwill behind it. But gratitude doesn't necessarily make you the center of attention. 
Gratitude turns our attention and our focus outward. I'm looking, it keeps us looking outward at, at people and what's going on and what the Lord has done. And that itself, by turning our attention away from that, that, that abyss of me, that is a powerful prescription for depression, which often corresponds with an overwhelming focus on ourselves. You can get trapped in a focus on yourself and you will get, and you will get snared by air in, in, an increasing weight of depression. But gratitude will turn that around. It really is an act of faith that says, I see God's goodness. I see what he's done. I see who he is. And I give him praise and thanks for that. And then I begin to look for what God has been doing done through people and through people around me. And if may, maybe even, maybe, maybe I've had a few hard knocks. You know what I'll do? I'll turn around and see what God's doing through somebody else. And I'm going to partner on their good news. I'm going to hold on to their testimony and say, God is good and he's doing good things. And then, and then there's a turning of that access in my soul. When we are grateful, troublesome thoughts pop up less frequently and with far less intensity. Troublesome thoughts really are things like accusations, anxieties, complaints. But none of those things can share space with gratitude. They can't. You can't be complaining. That's easy for me to say this because everyone knows it's not true. You can't, I can't complain about Mrs. Dab, who would, right? But I can't complain about Mrs. Dab while concurrently being thankful for Mrs. Dab. I was going to say we should switch that. You should do it more, but then you beat me to it. Okay. Uh, you can't do it. You can't be cursed. You can't be accusing people or meditating on horrible things or, or ugly things about persons in your life or your family or the world around you and at the same time be offering up to the Lord thanksgiving. You can't do it. The voice of the accuser will be displaced by gratitude. Gratitude promotes emotional wholeness. It helps to stabilize those emotional roller coasters that we often live on. Here's one thing. One study now suggests that people who practice gratitude, everybody say practice, who practice gratitude are much more likely to have higher levels of happiness. Levels. Meaning that gratitude can change that set point in your life. They say that most of us kind of have a set point of, of, of happy. Like that's, that's kind of our, our normal, our denouement, our normal place right there that we just kind of sit at. And that, you know, life can happen and we kind of go above or a little bit below, but otherwise we kind of, that, that, that place where we just kind of ride cruise control, the cruise control of our joy level or our, our overall content on life. Research says that you can actually, like, that gratitude is like a carjack. And you can, it jams underneath that, that, that set point and will jack that thing up. And you can establish a whole new normal for your life. In other words, gratitude can really do something about that troublesome resting face. 
<laughs> if you've been warned about your resting face, you might want to chunk, 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 chunk. Might you whatever you're thinking about will come out here first. But how do you know there's always a catch? There's a catch. There's a catch to this. For this to work, all of the research says this. For this to work, it has to be a, it has to be chronic. You have to have a chronic gratitude problem. It has to be a habit. Habits are formed by repetition. To counteract those, those out there and often in here forces that promote entitlement, discontent, then gratitude cannot be occasional. It can't be seasonal, and it can't be annual. <laughs> there is some research that suggests that negative emotions and negative events are more quickly deposited into our long-term memory. Whereas, unfortunately, positive emotions and positive memories require repetition in order to move from short-term to long-term. Too many of us have short-term memory of what is good and long-term memory of what is not. So a habit, a practice of gratitude is absolutely necessary in order to more permanently enlarge our joy. How many want to permanently enlarge your joy? Uh, there's, there, it's, here's, the, here's, the, here's the way, one lever, gratitude. Make it a habit, make it a problem. Here's the other thing, here's the other thing. The unfortunate other side of the coin is this. Ingratitude will have the opposite effect. Ingratitude will lower your general happiness. Consistently. Ingratitude will make this. It will require that more novel and greater stimuli show up in your life in order to create some sort of joyful response. When you practice ingratitude, you begin you, you, you rehearse that ingratitude. That means that for joy, for you experience joy, it's got to be something more novel or more significant, greater stimuli. And even that will be short-term. Ingratitude is the spiral to joylessness. So then how do we develop a chronic gratitude habit? The Scriptures will help us see that really well, as they already have. Let me give you a couple of just some, some bumper sticker statements with some scriptural support that will help you say, how do I, what does gratitude look like? How does the Bible talk about it? What can I do? How can I cultivate gratitude? Number one, get your praise on or keep your praise on, okay? Somebody say, keep your praise on. 
Okay, Psalm 34, 1 says this. Listen to these words. Let them sink into your heart now. Psalm 34, 1. I will. Stop right there. What's that say? Say it. Does it say I feel? (laughs) I whim. I mood. Come on. Does it say I mood? Does it say I feel? No, because your feelings are not the center of you. Your will is. Your, your, your feelings can be modified by one adult beverage. <laughs> Suddenly you're feeling different. <laughs> be careful. But your will, that's who you are. That's what God gave you. That's the one thing he will not override. You were made in his likeness. He stamped you with that will. And that's the thing that you use. That's the thing he'll never take from you. But that's the thing that gets you saved. Not willpower, but surrendering that will to Jesus Christ. See, mankind fell because one man exercised his will to sin. But mankind was saved because another man said, Not my will, but yours be done. And you and I today can take under the power of the Holy Spirit and take our will and submit it to the goodness of God and say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That my mouth has a permanently occupied sign. No vacancy. There's no vacancy for nonsense in this mouth. I get my praise on and it keeps me connected to the goodness of God. Confident in the goodness of God. Talking about the goodness of God. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15. The writer of Hebrews says, Through him, speaking of Christ, so through Christ then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That means because of Christ... With with Christ Jesus, the gospel, as our lens, let us continually offer up this sacrifice of praise. That's that's an intentional Old Testament illusion. The book of Hebrews is writing to a a, a, a Jewish group of Jewish people, helping them make a transition into new covenant living. And he's saying, you're not going to bring sacrifices into a temple. You're going to offer sacrifices with your mouth. And then he, re, he re, restates that. We offer a, sac, a continually. Somebody say continually. Does anybody need the Greek for continually? Okay. No. Continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that give thanks to his name. Praise to God, particularly for the gospel, for Jesus Christ, leads to giving thanks. So we fill our heart and our mind and our mouth with the goodness of God and with the gospel. That's enough. That's pretty good so far. There's more. (laughs) Nine o'clock, you guys are a riot. Uh, Second thing I would encourage you to do is to, uh, after keeping your praise on, is to make gratitude your jam. A handful of you, a handful of you are saying, can it? Put it with sugar? Pickles? No. Make gratitude your jam, okay? Meaning, 
Make gratitude your favorite song, your way of thinking, your, the way that you talk. Make gratitude your meditation. Make it what you think and talk about. Keep track of gratitude. You know, again, like I said earlier, learn to keep some sort of a journal, even if it's, even if it's weekly. But, you know, practice thinking about, writing about, talking about gratitude. Make it your jam. That thing, you know, that thing that just makes you want to stop and rock out. It's gratitude. Scripture is full of examples on, about being grateful on purpose, about making gratitude our jam, about, about counting our blessings or meditating on the goodness of God. Here's just a few of them. Psalm 103, uh, verse, the, the second half of verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none. Say that with me. Forget none. That, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a poetic way of saying, remember on purpose all of his benefits. Psalm 77, 12 says, I will meditate on all your work and muse. Just like that. I will muse on all your deeds. Psalm 9, 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell, I will talk about, I will proclaim all of your wonders. On a side note, let me just weave this in here, that one of the benefits of doing this will be that you will cultivate a culture of hope in your life. Hope is the joyful expectation of good, and gratitude stirs hope, makes us hopeful, and fuels our faith. Third thing I would say is this. Maybe the, hopefully one of these things will just really resonate with you. Third thing, so keep your praise on. Make gratitude your jam. Join the choir. Join the choir. Yeah, Psalm 35, 18. I will give you thanks in or in the midst of the great congregation. I'm going to give thanks with everybody else. I'm going to hang around and give thanks with grateful people. Talk about your gratitude with others. Tell people what and for why you are grateful. Especially if it's for them. Hang out with grateful people. You will become like your friends. So hang out with grateful people. If you hang out with ungrateful people, you will become more ungrateful. Find grateful people to hang out with, and while you're at it, just be one. If there isn't a choir, start singing. (sighs) Next one is this. Talk to yourself. I know some of you are like, I'm way ahead of you, Dav. Yeah. (laughs) Been there. Let let talk to yourself, but let's modify some of the things you've been saying. All right, yeah. coming back to Psalm one hundred three, talk about talking to yourself. The psalmist talks to himself, and uh, here's what he says: he's, look, he's looking down at his soul. You ready? Look at that little narrow soul I got. Okay, that felt that felt soul. Okay, uh, bless the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to his soul, telling it what to do. You are not the boss of me. 
emotions, feelings, attitudes. You're not the boss of me. I'm in charge. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. This part and this part and this part. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Talking, uh, so, you know, we grow up here. That Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. That sounds like it's just an expression like with, oh, my soul. No, he's talking the new living. The new living translation has had two editions. The, I have a, a, a copy of the first version of it, and it really is the best. It's the most aggressive. And Psalm 103 in the first version of the New Living says, Praise the Lord, I tell myself. Praise the Lord. I, and that's what he's saying. Pray, I tell myself, praise the Lord. <laughs> Talk to yourself. Look at Psalm 42. This is another really good example. Psalm 42 and verse 11. This... this the psalmist uses this phrase uh, several times throughout the books of Psalms, but here's one example of it. This is a, a refrain, okay? Why are you in despair, O oh my soul? Talk to it. Why are you in despair? Who told you you could be in despair? Soul, why have you become disturbed within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet Praise Him. Hope in God. Look down at your belly. Say, hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him. Look at it. And he, the help of my countenance. What's that mean? He's the lifter. He lifts up. He's the one who lifts up my countenance from this. He li- he's the help of my countenance. Change your self-talk. You and I, all, all of us carry some sort of inner dialogue and when it is negative, our mood will be low. Remember, you can't complain and be grateful. You can't criticize and be grateful. You can't be cynical and be grateful. You can't be selfish and be grateful. It is, and it is really, really, really hard to be grumpy and grateful. So fill your head, fill your heart, fill your mouth with positive thoughts, giving thanks and encouragement out loud. Talk to yourself about the goodness of God. Look for something to be grateful for instead of something to criticize, especially in those around you. The last thing we'll say is this as we close this morning. Make a commitment. We, We usually call that an altar call. So I'm giving you one because these, t- this today and the next two Sundays, concluding with our Yea God service, we're going to give everybody an opportunity in two minutes or less, <laughs> okay, to, to just make, to t- say something public about the goodness of God and how he has been good to you from heaven, through people, through whatever, but what, what, you know, what you have encountered in the goodness of God this past year in particular, we hope, we talk about. But I want you to make a commitment today a real commitment to gratitude. Because remember, this is something that you have to, have to decide, not something that you wait for the right mood. You and I, we all live in the same world. We're gonna, we drive on the same streets. We're going to all experience the same weather. Thank God for this beautiful November thing. But it's going to get colder and darker and wetter. That's not a negative confession. That's the truth. It's going to happen. 
We all live in the same world, but only some of us will take control of our own world and enlarge our joy by choosing and practicing gratitude. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. So what will you do? Let's stand together. Let me ask you that question again. What will you do? What will you choose to do? I encourage you to let somebody else, let someone know your commitment. Maybe make a covenant with a friend or a family member about how you will use your will to give thanks. The rest of this month, we're going to be studying gratitude, and some of, some of our observations will overlap, but that will only be good for us. And we're going to culminate this in our Yea God service. But let's do this, especially for these next three weeks together. Let's see just how grateful we can be. Let's start by giving the Lord thanks right now. Can we do it? Let's give him thanks. With the fruit of your lips, come on, give thanks. Just tell the Lord you're grateful for him. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we give you thanks today. I would encourage you right now to, to, let, to think of something, to put something in your heart and your mind that you're going to give thanks to God for and, you're, and somebody that you can speak to today to tell them what you appreciate, some kindness, some goodness, some event, something. Use your words right now and start changing your world. Open that gate into greater joy today. Father, I bless your church. May your Holy Spirit rest upon them. May your hand rest upon them for good. May they walk today into ever-increasing gratitude and joy. Amen.